1: God will gladly take over navigating our lives when we surrender to Him. He's standing on the outside, waiting for us to open the door of our hearts from the inside. We must let Him in and give Him complete control. As Pastor Rander continues today's message, listen closely as he focuses in on God's criteria for knowing His will and what we must willingly do to live in Him, through Him, and for Him. God must always be first in all things and we must submit to his lordship in all things. Remember to keep your bible, pen and paper handy.
2: That's a sign right there that you are a wall on God. Adam was a wall at this point. He said I heard the voice in the garden and I was afraid. Uh-oh, fear. There the fear is sin brings in fear. Adam and Eve sin, and, which resulted in fear. Fear. Because I was naked. All of a sudden, oh, you're naked. I, I know you naked, I created you. I know every part of your body and the inner work is the part you can't see. You know, who told you you were naked? And I hid myself. There it is again, hiding. What you hiding from? I'm gonna tell y'all something when it comes to dealing with God have integrity you can't have integrity with people until you first have integrity with God now that was a big thought I wish I had written that down in my paper don't expect folk to have integrity with you if if they don't have it together with God they're not going to have it together with anybody else if they lie to God they're going to lie to you that's right God is not giving you a spirit of fear and timidity. God wants you strong. God wants you full of faith. God wants you pressing on. God wants you courageous. This is no time for you to be wimps. This is time for you to be witnessing and telling other folk about Jesus. People are in bad shape, physically and spiritually, you have the words of life, and you too scared to dispense it because you're somewhere hiding. As we focus on the immeasurable love of God for us, His love quiets our fears and gives us confidence through our trials, pain. Love, His love gives us comfort through grief and hurt, betrayal. His love helps us through abandonment and death. The assurance of God's love brings a peace that surpasses human understanding. When the love of God is in our hearts, along with possessing sweet fellowship with Christ, we will reverence and respect God and not be afraid of him, nor will we be afraid of standing at the judgment seat of Christ. The believer who has accepted Christ as his personal savior is free from the fear of judgment because his sins were judged in Christ when he died on the cross for him. Romans 8, 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit. If you rebel against the commandments of God and refuse to accept Christ as your personal Savior, you have every right to be afraid. As a matter of fact, you have a right to be very afraid. Number three, as children of God, We have the capacity to love like him. As children of God, we have the capacity to love like him. Verse 19 says, we love him because he first loved us. Underline that, highlight it. We love him because he first loved us. We have the capacity to love because God first took the initiative to love us by sending his one and only son, So that our broken relationship will be restored if we embrace his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, by faith through grace alone. And when we trust Christ, we have the Holy Spirit within us who gives us the ability to love like God. You can't love like God until you have the life of God living in your soul. Number four, another quality of genuine love is that the love of God dissolves hate in the heart of a child of God. Another quality of genuine love is that the love of God dissolves hate in the heart of the child of God. Verse 20. There it is. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? John uses very, very strong language here, and certainly he is not the least bit concerned about being politically correct. This old aged apostle had a deep walk with God. In other words, how is it possible to hate someone you see every day? And at the same time, say you love God whom you've not seen visibly. Yeah. Uh-huh. Question for you. Why does John speak so strongly against hate? Why does John speak so strongly against hate? He said, look in verse 20, look at verse 20 again. If someone says, I love God, you know, they, they, they say, see, and hates his brother. He's a liar. He's a liar. He's calling them out. You're lying if you say you love God and you don't love people that you see. You say, but you don't know what he did to me. You don't know what she did 30 years ago. (laughs) And God has said, you love them in spite of unconditionally. Unconditionally. Number one, why, why does John speak so strongly against hate? Because, number one, hate Breaks your relationship with God. It leads to separation from Christ. It breaks your relationship with Christ, your fellowship with Christ. your fellowship with Christ. It breaks your fellowship with Christ. It breaks your fellowship with your family. It's a terrible thing when you hate your siblings, you hate your brother, your sister, you hate your aunt, your uncle, your in-laws. It's a terrible thing when you hate your mama, hate your daddy. You say, but I never knew my mama. You, know, you don't know what my daddy did to my mama. And you walk around with all this hate. Some people hate because they never knew their parents. Yeah. It's a terrible thing when you have family hate. It's a terrible thing, even worse, when you have hate in a church. You walk around folk, won't speak to folk, can't smile at folk. Because you're listening to stuff about that person, and you haven't even validated it. You see? Church hate is a horrible hate. And then, and they turn around and hate these friends. I'm going to tell you something, people don't stay in the permanent mode. You can't, you can't love folk conditionally. You have to love them when, you, when they're your friends, and then you have to love them when they're your enemy. The Bible says love your enemy. That's right. You say, I can't, I'm not there yet. You ever know, you said I'm not there yet? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fix you right now. You better hurry up and get there. Because some of y'all have been saying that for the last 20 years. Because the truth be told, you don't plan to get there. You don't plan to get there. Your your friends. Friends become enemies. Number two, hate hinders your spiritual progress and even brings on spiritual regression. Spiritual progress. All of a sudden, the songs you sing don't bring joy. Folks shouting and joying God, lifting up their hands before the Lord on their knees. I mean, they're just leaving here so high in Christ, and others just dragging and sour and say, what is so wrong with these people? They get the same word, the same place, the same gospel, but one leaves rejoicing and the other one leaves miserable. See? You know what hate does? Hate steals your joy. It steals your joy. You can't sing anymore. Say, you can't laugh anymore. Gone. Just gone. Somebody laugh. What's so funny? <laughs> you know what hate does? Hate steals your freedom. It puts a man or woman into an emotional and spiritual prison. I don't have time to hate. It takes energy to hate. My responsibility in the ministry is too great for me to have an ounce of hate against anyone. Anyone, I can I cannot do it. I cannot stay mad at you. Even my It's a hot minute. Matter of fact, that's what you need to do. If you're gonna hate them, say, Lord, I'm gonna ha- Lord, I'm gonna hate them for five minutes. Okay, four, three, two, one, zero. Okay, now all the hate's gone. Won't you just time your hate? Five minutes, and that's oh, God, I'm a hell. And I mean, oh, that rascal. He did to that. <laughs> they know auctioneers. So, you know, I, I wish I was an auctioneer now. Okay, three more minutes. Oh, no, that, that person did this. He did, that, he did this on me, and I'm tired. Of, he, 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 he know he owe me that money. He know, she she, she, she knows what she, what she did to me. That should have been my wife. <gasps> <laughs> five minutes up. Five minutes up. Up, up, up. Up. You gave him five minutes. Now let it all go. Let it go. Stop killing yourself. <laughs> Number five. Hate. It brings on physical illness. Such as ulcers. Headaches. Hate makes you tired. It takes so much energy. Listen. Life is hard enough. Just getting up. Making your bed. Cleaning the house. Going to the store. Dinner with children dealing with grandchildren, dealing with children that come back home, and you, how you going to put hate on top of all that? Dealing with medication, losing your pills, dropping your pills, and you going to put hate on top of that? Ooh, you a meanie. You mean. You mean, 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 mean. <laughs> Makes you tired. No, can't sleep, brings on depression, hinders the healing process. Doctors say, well, I did all I can do. And he has. He's not lying. He did. He's done all he can do. The other part of you need to go to God, because I tell you what, if you get cured of that, hey, you may not need a doctor. You may not need a doctor.
1: Please join the Maranatha Bible Church family at 10 a.m. on Sunday, November 14th as we celebrate our Military Appreciation Day to recognize and thank all branches of the military and their families as well as veterans for their service and self sacrificing generosity to sustain the United States of America as the land of the free and the home of the brave. Worship with us as we honor these selfless individuals for their priceless and ultimate sacrifice.
2: Number six, hate hinders God from doing his greatest work through you. That's a big one. Hate hinders God from doing his greatest work through you. You are a people of purpose. You are people of destiny. You bring value to God. God has a plan for your life and you hinder and thwart the plan of God for your life. In other words, there are opportunities that could be yours, but hate has kept you from receiving them. There's more for you, but you can't get it because of the condition of your heart. And you know your heart, and God knows your heart. And until your heart gets cleansed by the blood of Jesus, God is not going to give you what he could give you. And when you get to heaven, God's going to open up and say, this, this, you could have had all of this, but I couldn't give it to you because you wouldn't let me. Only when we possess the love of God in our hearts will we be able to keep the commandments to love. One cannot genuinely love without loving believers and unbelievers alike. You just can't love uh, saved folk. You have to love unsaved folk as well. The love of God sweeps away hate out of every nook and cranny of the heart. We cannot truly love God while neglecting to love others who are created in the image of God. Verse 20 tells us that genuine love is void of hate. Genuine love is void of hate. A test of true love in the believer is that when he has every reason to be tempted to hate, you get tempted to hate now, he allows the truth of God's word to transcend his thoughts. When you're tempted to hate, you allow the truth of the word of God to transcend your feelings, to trump your hurt, to transcend your betrayal, to transcend your pain, your resentment, your bitterness, which enables you to do the right thing in spite of what's been done to you. The love of Christ will compel us to love others regardless of their actions toward us, regardless of their race, regardless of their race, no strings attached. We cannot see God, but we can see our brothers and sisters in Christ, which John causes us to deal with this question. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? What a riveting question. Beloved, stop saying you love God when you do not love your brother whom you see. Loving others is not optional because We are commanded by our Lord to love our brothers and sisters in Christ as well as unbelievers. When you genuinely love your brother, only then can you truly say that you love God. The love of God in our hearts will express itself through a loving relationship with our brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. Uh, Allow me to give you this. Let's examine ourselves now. You say, I don't hate anybody. I don't hate anybody. Pastor, I, I got it together. Okay, let's check you out. Let's examine ourselves to see if we have hatred in our hearts. This is a this is a self examination to see if you have hate in your heart. search, your own soul. Number one, do you have a subtle anger, a malice that is nursed inwardly? Do you have a subtle anger? It's a quiet anger, a malice that is nursed inwardly. Wow. Number two, do you harbor evil thoughts toward someone? Do you harbor evil thoughts toward someone? Number three, is there someone you cannot forgive? To this day, you can't forgive them. Number four, do you seek to take revenge on those who have wronged you? You're gonna get even. Do you seek to take revenge to those who have wronged you. Number five, when a certain person, listen at this, when a certain person comes to mind, is there only slander, backbiting, and gossip about that person? When a certain person comes to mind, is there only slander, backbiting, and gossip about that person? And, it, what, and what makes this even worse, parents, is the children hear all that backbiting and gossip. And you share it with your children. Why are you sharing that hellish stuff and then you wonder why they leave the church? Wow. They ain't going to stay in the church said the church got that much best in it. Why are you asking me to go to church with you? I, I, I'm better off with my pagan friends. Number six, do you love and accept people regardless of their ethnicity? Ethnicity regardless of that ethnicity, or do you see another race as inferior, as inferior to yours? And do you struggle to believe that all people are created in the image of God? That's why I love diversity in here. That's the way God wanted to be. You know, we've had all kinds of folk in our homes. All kinds of races have slept in our home. We've gone out of town and out of country and slept with... Some of my best friends and people have been folk of other ethnicities. We would have missed our blessing had we had an ounce of racism in our hearts. That's why I can go to, to preach at predominantly uh, white events. That's why I can, we can swap pulpits with churches of other uh, congregations that's, that's not of our race. That's why I'm requested to do things all over the world. I preached over in the eastern Bloc and way up there in Lafayette, in places where they've never seen a black occupy the pulpit. And there I am preaching, saying that you're the first black to ever preach in this pulpit. Over again, to preach at a pulpit in Russia and all these other places I can't name to you. When your heart is right and clean and don't have an ounce of racial prejudice in you, then God can soar you like an eagle and do greater things through you and to you. Stop saying I'm not a racist and nobody of the other races ever slept in your house. Never ate. Never broke bread with them. you not even you never took them to a restaurant. They're not quite gotten in here now. Oh, I love everybody. Now, ain't what you say is what you do. It's what you do. Number seven, do you possess self-hatred? Do you possess self-hatred? Uh, Because of physical or verbal abuse, you you hate yourself because of what was done to you as a child. And I know it hurts. And I know some people under my voice have been abused sexually and painfully all kinds of ways and traumatized. And I know you deeply hurt. But you must be healed. Some of you want to commit suicide because of low self-esteem because of bullying. Some desire to commit suicide by radio and television everywhere else because of divorce, abandonment. Some of you want, some people want to commit suicide because of an inability to forgive themselves. I'm going to tell you something, and I want you to listen to me. Beloved, suicide is self-murder. Okay? Suicide is self murder and it is never to be an option. Whenever that thought comes into your mind, I can guarantee you it is from the devil himself. Christ is your blessed hope. I said again, Christ is your divine prescription and your blessed hope. He, listen to this, don't commit suicide, you buy social media. I I declare today to you that Christ is enough for you. I I declare, I declare he's enough for you. 1 John 4, 4 says, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Christ is greater than your abuse of your past. He's greater than the alcoholism. He's greater than pornography. He's greater than racial prejudice. He's greater than all of that stuff. First John four twenty one says, and this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. He who loves God must love his brother also. And I conclude with this. Why does God require us to love people? Because of what that verse says. He who loves God must love his brother also. Why does God require us to love people? And will be done. We are required to love other people because God commands us to do so. John 15, 12 says, This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. God commands us to love one another Beloved, stop saying you love God if you're not obeying him without hesitation, reservation, and procrastination. Obedience is the key to a victorious Christian life. B, God requires us to love people because we are all made in the image of God. We are all made in the image of God. Genesis 127 says, so God created man in his own image in the image of God, he created Him male and female, He created them we 're all whether we 're black, brown, white, whatever color you don 't know what color you don't know who you came from. You came from God, created by God. see, God requires us to love people because Christ is put on display when we imitate His love. God requires us to love people because God, because Christ is put on display. When we imitate his love, John 13, 34 through 35 says a new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you love one another. D. Finally, God gave us the supreme example of love by sending his one and only son into the world. And he expects us to demonstrate that same type of love toward each other. Romans 5, 8 says, but God demonstrates his own love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. When people observe your life, what do they see? When people see your life, do they see self-centeredness, stinginess, jealousy? When they see your life, do they observe hate, exploitation, manipulation, divisiveness, Do they get gossip from you and slander? Or when they see your life, do they see mercy, compassion, grace? Do they see generosity, a peacemaker? Do they see an encourager, a forgiver? Do they see love? My friend, in this dog, decadent, corrupt world, if there's ever time for people to see the Father's love emanating through us, it's right now. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Beloved, let the love of Christ radiate through you. For the world desperately needs to see the love of Christ through you, especially in a day where our nation is divided, especially in a day when our nation is so angry, especially in a day when our nation is so violent and so frustrated and so marginalized and so polarized and so discouraged and so agenda driven. Let love abound in you richly. And all God's children said. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We love you. We bless you. Father, help us to love like you. And Lord, I realize this was much said today, but much needed. The world needs this. And Father, if we're not getting this in the church, where else can we get it? We can't get this in a sorority, a fraternity, or some Masonic lodge. Some little group or clique, some little card club, bingo club. Father, thank you for putting us under the word. And father, we've been recipients of it. Help us now to appropriate it, to apply it and live it out. So transformation can emanate from us, that people can take note that we've been with Jesus. We ask these blessings in the name of Jesus, we pray, and all God's children said, Amen.
1: If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org, where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210. 210-